0: Welcome to season two of No Shelf Control, the podcast with books, booze, and banter hosted by authors, for readers, because let's face it, we're all bookworms at heart.
1: This season, we'll be chatting about book-to-screen adaptations and trending book-talk books, which is funny because I haven't been on TikTok in a couple weeks, because I just have a lot of stuff going
0: on. I'm Lindsay Sparks. (laughs) And I'm Lindsay Polk. Grab a cocktail, kick back, and enjoy the show. Mm. Yeah. No, totally. I'm the same. I
1: know. I like, I, I love TikTok, but it is a really big time commitment. Yeah. <laughs> time suck. Mm-hmm. Like it's not even like, like you just go on there and you think I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna look, I've just got like 10 minutes to kill. I'm just gonna look at stuff. And then all of a sudden it's like three hours later and you're like,
0: Oh, but <laughs> everybody, we are excited to talk about stuff. Yeah. Like, oh yeah. 10- yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs>
1: We are really so we were just talking before I hit record. We are really excited about the thing that we're going to talk about before we actually talk about the thing that we're supposed to talk about. So mm-hmm. let's just say that.
0: It's a little surprise, a little surprise bomb we have for everybody.
1: It's a big surprise bomb. Ba- I mean, I guess it's not really a surprise bomb, but it's like kind of a surprise
0: bomb. It's a little behind
1: the scenes, yeah. I think yeah. so. Um, yeah, so um. <clears throat> Welcome to the fifth episode of season two of the No Shelf Control podcast slash YouTube show. Uh, as you probably know by now, uh, we are alternating between discussing book-to-screen adaptations, which I think I already said in the intro, and popular book talk books, so that's just a little repeatiness. Uh, this episode features an adaptation, which um, I'm really excited about. I'm excited about like everything about this episode, so I'm really excited yeah. about this book, which is one of my all-time favorite books. It has a very special place in my heart for many reasons. Um, And that book is A Discovery of Witches by Deborah Harkness. And then we're talking about the, the, I don't know if you call it like TV adaptation or just screening adaptation, because I don't, I think it was just for a screening service initially um but um also called the discovery of witches which i believe is complete now although i have not watched season three it is
0: and i've seen them all Mm, um but
1: i will say um so we're not going to talk about the book quite yet but i just so people are clear we are only talking about book one *The discovery of witches and season one Mm -hmm. of the discovery of witches the show
0: But I do want to say this because we all know that Lindsay Polk's brain is chaotic and (laughs) I remember nothing. So I will say everything and you don't know where it goes. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. So I'm like, (laughs) I hope I don't say something that's in season three slash book three, you know, know. so let's just go in with that in mind as well.
1: I, I know too. Like, yeah, I've read all, I've read all the books. I've read book one a gazillion times. I've read all of the books. I've watched seasons one and two yeah anyway so we're gonna try to just keep it to book one season one yeah anyway
0: um what are you drinking well don't guess because you'll get it wrong it's nothing nice. with grapefruit no <laughs> is it eggnog no <laughs> no but actually I have some aged eggnog I should break into anyway <laughs> no no thank you for the inspiration for the next episode um no <laughs> egg, so eggnog in july <laughs> yeah Oh, it's it's supposed to be aged 2 years so it's going to be primo baby. <laughs> but anyways no i don't have that um i actually just stuffed my face with tacos so why I am what i'm drinking is a bourbon and cherry coke because a i've never had it before and wanted to try it b i never have soda in the house I mean, I have squirt, but I really drink it. I really only drink that with pizza, but I had cherry Coke very because, specific. Yeah. It's weird. I don't drink a lot of soda. So yeah, it is kind of very specific for me. <laughs> um, but I actually purchased some cherry Coke that an entire like 12 pack for movie night that mm. for book club that we had, didn't have a single soda. So now I have 12 cherry cokes. I'm trying to use. So anyways, hence my cherry coke and bourbon and Can i and- just say that cherry coke is the greatest pop ever yeah it's the thing it's when i go to the movie theater i get pop popcorn and i get cherry coke those are the two things that i always get i've never bought it for myself to have at home so that's why i'm like uh let's give it a whirl
1: mm, it's so good
0: i i we don't
1: we don't have we don't have any pop in the house this is me showing my regionalism with my pop um my but pop pop. Uh, yeah, we don't have any, we don't have any pop, but, um, we're just, we've transitioned into sparkling water in our household. <laughs> um, yeah. but, uh, man, if I go somewhere that has, I'm, I drink diet pop, but, uh, if I go somewhere that has diet cherry Coke, I am sucking that shiz down like it's <laughs> water.
0: <laughs> yeah. Isn't it funny? I feel like people who drink soda are pretty committed. And then people who don't, I mean, like me, I, like I said, I have squirt that I rarely drink. And if I do, it's from, I know when I'm going to drink and that's when I'm having pizza, if I decide to have it. Um, so having all the soda in the house, I'm like, what do we do with it? (laughs) Yeah,
1: no, I, I, um, this is completely unrelated to anything that has to do with this podcast, but I have gone through phases in my life where like, I would always drink a diet Coke at this exact time. And it was like a thing that I would look forward to. It was like a very ritual thing.
0: Nice. I think that's kind of fun. I don't have anything like that.
1: Yeah. It's probably really, I mean, I'm sure it was terrible for my teeth and stomach and everything.
0: now I have Crohn's well.
1: disease. So it probably caused that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, mean, I feel like everything that we love is bad for us. So I know it's not like do?
1: wine's any better.
0: Right. And which is I'm what i'm drinking bourbon i'm sure that's really not mm. good for you yeah we can find fruit properties maybe in wine. <laughs> I
1: yes so i'm drinking red wine it is nothing fancy um it is just what was open <laughs> nice
0: well we both have a that's drink a so thing. cheers to anybody who might be listening as usual it is our 8 p.m recording session so it's drinking time yes yeah, as- after this after this directly we will go to bed <laughs> Yes.
1: I, I will try really hard to edit the podcast. Um, I do try, I do try just to get it done and ready. Um, but it doesn't always happen. I'm going to save working on for last. And, uh, so tell me what you're reading right now.
0: Okay. So I tried to prepare obviously. Well, I read something, I don't know. Anyway, I read one of our (laughs) Joint a thing I, that I read, we're going to talk about later. Yeah, I read something we're going to talk about later. So we'll skip past that um, <laughs> for a paper book. Uh, but I have, I kind of devoured two audiobooks in the last week. Um, and so I'll share that with you guys. Um, so Tessa Bailey, she wrote like Fixer Up and a couple other books that I really enjoyed. Uh, but she has, speaking of book talk sensations, mm-hmm. uh, Hook, Wine, and Sinker. And uh, it happened one summer those are huge on book talk right now. And I, um, I don't know if I, I don't know how, like, I don't know if it was on sale or if it popped up and just was a recommendation, but anyway, I grabbed, uh, it happened one summer. Adored it. Tessa Bailey is like, she's an amazing rom-com steamy romance author. Um, she just does like, she just is like a fresh voice. I just love her. So I devoured that in a couple of days. And they're long books too. And then I immediately went into the second book in the series, which is The Sister, um, who I loved. I think it's only the two books. So anyways, that's almost done. What's so that one I, called? Um, so it's the it happened one summer is the first one. And it's about this like, uh like instagram influencer who her stepdaddy takes all her money away and she has to go live in seattle and she meets a kind of a big burly sea you know fisherman i love it great because <laughs> um, seattle's just filled with big burly fishermen. well he's actually captain of a crab of a crabbing boat but anyway, nice. i like it uh yeah so anyways and then the second book in the series is the sister who um she works in the film industry they're from la she works in the film industry and she brings um the indie film that they're working on uh, up to the same location and she um you know starts hanging out with the cute guy she has to share you know be his roommate for a while because you know horse anyway. proximity yeah <laughs> Anyways, it's super cute i just i i think they're really great like i said very fresh voice i think i read a lot i read a lot i just have that, to so. add
1: um if for anybody who's on t- who is on tiktok um tessa bailey tessa bailey you should follow, i've never read any of her books but i follow her on tiktok oh she's so she's funny hilarious. i love her yeah. yes and Agreed. her bangs Yes, they are amazing. I love they're like a, have a personality of their own.
0: Yeah. Yeah, she's really fun. <laughs> mm-hmm. She's really fun. Yeah, definitely. But anyway, so those are the two I've been listening to um when I'm not writing, when I've been doing a lot of writing. So and yeah. How about you? What are you reading?
1: I am on the third book of KF Breen's uh Deliciously Dark Fairy Tales, the um and this one it's Kingdom of Ruin, which is funny because of the thing that we're going to talk about (laughs) and I can't believe I didn't like make this connection. Anyway, glad we avoided that. (laughs) Um, but yeah, so it's still amazing. I love everything that she writes. I just have had like a lot going on. So I'm really slow to get through this series. Um, I paused to, Listen to A Discovery of Butchers for like the 8,000th time. <laughs> um, the audiobook of A Discovery of Butchers is amazing, narrated by Jennifer mm-hmm. Ikeda. Um, She did a good job. Um, yeah. Yeah. So uh, I am reading uh, Kingdom of Ruin by KF Brain and uh, highly recommend. Um, and then I did just finish reading Resonance, um, which is for my read by the author podcast. Mm-hmm. I finished reading that on Sunday, which is out now. So you can hear the whole novella, which is 1.5. Um, but I would recommend if you did want to hear that, I would go back to season one of the read by the other podcast and listen to echo in time first, because you're going to be super confused.
0: <laughs> yeah. It's a continuation or something. Yeah. It's
1: a, it, this is not one of those series where you can just like jump in wherever. <clears throat>
0: um,
1: and then, uh, and then I'll be reading time anomaly starting this Sunday. So I'm really excited nice. about that. Um, I think that's all of my oh yeah, I don't need to show those. I think that's all of my um what I'm reading right now, which means that we get to start talking about the fun thing Yes.
0: I do want to say one disclaimer. Um I I'm sure this happened to everybody who went outside, well, at least in our area, who went outside for the 4th of July. I was fully clothed. Well, obviously I was running around naked, but I had like long sleeves for the 4th of July, you know, to watch the fireworks. I had long pants, long sleeves, I had a scarf. Like I had not a lot of exposed skin. I like, so I'm just saying this for all the people watching the podcast because I like keep scratching. (laughs) I feel like I have like all these mosquito bites and I feel like I'm like gross and dirty. But I'm really just just itching my mosquito bites. And uh, yeah, so anyway. I'm like, what the heck? That was how many days ago? And they just started like popping up today. But I remember when I was sitting there watching, I was like, oh, like I think something just bit me. Oh, um, right through the clothes. What's the point? I should have just been naked at this point. <laughs> come on. <laughs> um, anyway, so I really just have mosquito bites. Sorry if anybody's yeah. watching me turn red and itch things. Okay, moving or on. Or if listeners are just he- hearing the scratching sound. Yeah, just. <laughs> Okay. So creepy tangent. LP, what are you working on? <laughs> well, funny, you should ask. Um, so I started working on the next book in The Ending Legacies with you. Surprise. No way. We spent, <laughs> I don't know how many hours. Oh last my gosh. Weekend. So many <laughs> hours. <laughs> we stayed up late. We woke up really early. We had like 6 a.m like sat down in front of our computers uh, to zoom so that we could outline the next installment um, and the ending legacies, which feel free to jump in anytime, but so is, yes. So if you have read the world after this, it, yeah, go ahead. No, no,
1: keep going. I keep trying to interrupt you, but just keep going. I'll shut up.
0: <laughs> yeah. So, World After is <laughs> essentially the bridge story between the ending series and the next installment or the next spinoff series in that world, which is The Ending Legacy. So, if you have read World After, that was essentially the prequel. It's a very long prequel novella, we'll call it, or a short novel, however you want to look at it. I call it a short novel. Yeah. Short. No- so, anyway, it is the intro into this new world and the series that we are now working on still has Dylan Finn but it is 10 years later and a lot has changed so we are very excited about it and we, like i said we spent all weekend coming up with some insane plot points
1: yeah it was intense it was a yeah. lot of thinking <laughs>
0: Yeah, it was at 6am. We're like, a uh, what's happening? Right now? <laughs> I know.
1: I know. I think I remember one day when we started recording, I was like, I'm not awake yet. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. And we knew we had only limited time. So we're like, you have, it's like that pressure to get working, but then you're like uh, staring at the wall. Cause you're still like, yeah. To I was up. just
1: like staring. I remember doing that, uh, uh, okay. but okay. So yeah. So this is world after, uh, this is the current cover. We are in the process of, um, recovering, uh, this one. And then the, for the, the whole series series brand. Yeah. yeah. Um, because we were a little fuzzy about what exactly we were going to do with it when we wrote world after mm-hmm. genre wise. Um, and since then we have settled, well, well, there's like a lot of reasons, but like both, both LP and I ha- have really, um, I mean, I say this, but then I then it's, it's also not true. So, but we're li- really focusing more, <laughs> focusing more on the fantasy side of things, as I'm currently also writing a sci-fi series.
0: <laughs> but, I, I know. I think we you know what you mean, though.
1: Yeah, like definitely a lot more. Um, we're both really like, yeah. None of my explanation is going to make any sense because I'm basically just talking out of my butt.
0: So. Um, <laughs> Well, it works for me. I'm writing a lot of historical fantasy right yeah. now. So this actually works out perfectly because that's exactly what it is. It's got the sci-fi in there, but it's so far in the future and it's so historical in a lot of ways that it actually yes. turns into- It's like, yeah.
1: as the centuries have passed, they've gone backwards in time and reverted yeah. to an old way of life. Yep. Plus in the abilities from the ending series. So this is a direct, con- well, it's not a direct direct continuation. It's a 300 years later continuation of the world from the ending series, um, which starts with after the ending, but in that series, there's a virus that that series is hundred percent post-apocalyptic slash mildly dystopian when you get to the end of the series. But, um, there's a virus and it causes like a genetic mutation that gives people these kind of X-Men like abilities. Mm -hmm. And, um, so now flash forward 300 years and like civil, civil, like, so like 95% of people died, 4% of the survivors went completely nuts. And then only 1% actually had the abilities. And, you know, so that's that 1% that was left to like rebuild the world. So everything fell apart Mm -hmm. and they had to rebuild from the ground up with a completely new infrastructure, everything. And so they really relied heavily on the abilities, which means technology was not as big of a deal. And, that is, you know, three hundred years later, stuff changes. Yeah,
0: so we've That's created we this at. whole new world, loosely or not loosely. I mean, it's directly based on what we created mm-hmm. for the ending series, but it's a feels like a whole new world connected to the same series because it has a different feel to it. It is a whole different society. Yeah, and uh, the way people think because you think about it, like the ending series was all about these people who had normal lives, and then they had to learn how they had to me. Whereas yeah. all of these people, this has been their this is all they know and it's all they've known for 300 years so yeah yeah it's obviously very different um
1: yeah so it has a very historical fan like genre wise we're like we don't really know what to do with it but we're just kind of sticking with like historical fantasy even though it's in the future and like fantasy romance because there it is yeah there is a romance plot line that is integral like you couldn't like take the romance line out of it and yeah. uh like epic fantasy <laughs> Yeah. Even though it's not secondary world. I mean, like it, it, it's like every single thing that I say, I could say, even though it's not like, but still those are, that's where it fits. Mm -hmm. Um, so we have given our, the cover designer who's working on this series and they're also going to be working on the ending series for the 10th anniversary editions. Um, like an impossible task, (laughs) which is going to be to make, the two series look related, but also look like they Different. fit in their appropriate genres.
0: Good job! We'll see how they go. Yeah, good luck. That's why we pay the big bucks. They got right? figured out. <laughs> so, um, yeah, we are really, really
1: excited. Uh, LP's character is Finn, um, mm-hmm. and I'm so happy that she's already you, who I'm talking to right now. But I'm also like talking about you to the listeners. But. Um, <laughs> Elvie has already <laughs> has already created her character portraits on ArtBreeder, which is something that I'm going to be doing tomorrow or Friday um, for my characters, um, and they're great. And for the
0: ending series, people, I don't know if you had already created him, but she did Jake. I did, but I did change him just a smidgen because it's been 300 years. He looks the same, but he's a little more scraggly. Mm. <laughs> he's great. He's perfect. <laughs> Good, and I loved.
1: Finn, I love how Finn looks, which makes can me I, really excited. Can I just
0: tell you, like, I've made a TikTok about this because it's so funny. So Dennis thinks that, um, you might, I might've told you about it already, but you know, you know, everybody can make on there is either really pretty or they look like they're dead zombies. <laughs> like it's really hard to do an in-between, right? Yes. Like I like, I want Samara from Titan to have scars on her face. And she either looks like she's dead with zombie face And rotting flesh or she has no scars. Like there's not a lot of in between.
1: Yeah. It's really hard and it takes a lot of iterations. Yeah. So
0: yeah. So anyways, he's always like, why do all your characters, why do they look so attractive? And I was like, because it's really honestly hard to scruff them up. I've tried. So I made Finn and I showed Dennis and he goes, well, if he didn't have green eyes, then he would just look silly. And I was like, why? He's like, well, his hair. And I'm like, cause it's like red orange. And he's like, yeah he would just if he had brown eyes he would look like a dope and I'm like okay he's like the green eyes make it for me and I was like okay. oh my god that's Thanks, hilarious ben. thank you for judging my characters
1: <laughs> well I like him which is important because my character is in love with him yeah. so. <laughs> that's what matters I know right so yeah. And um, I like, I feel like I have so much to talk about related to this and, and we haven't actually talked since our brainstorming mm-hmm. other than a couple of very, very quick things. Yeah. Um, and a couple of like, and some like lots of chatting on. Yeah.
0: We're just doing like timeline check-in stuff. Yeah. That, you know, like. But we have both written two chapters,
1: I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we've both written two chapters now. Um, I am starting chapter six tomorrow. I'm really. Uh, I'm gonna go back through. The first few chapters and, and spruce some stuff up now that I feel like I'm like settling back into Dell's. Yeah,
0: I'm, I agree. It's so hard. It's like, mm-hmm. I feel like the first few chapters are so hard because not only are you reacquainting yourself with the characters, you have to do all new world building. Like, I know we created the world, but this is also 10 years later. So it kind of,
1: oh my gosh, they're, to- I'm like, think they're totally different people than they were. I, I mean, know. Dell has made like a complete, uh, it's so interesting. I feel like the chapter that I just wrote, it ended up with her talking, well, in having like an internal reflection about how much she has changed over the decade that's passed between the events of World After and where we are now. And she's like sitting beside her mother's deathbed. She's just like thinking about what she's going to have to become to take over this kingdom if she's going to do it. Like she has these huge decisions to make and she's just like, she's like night and day from what she was. She's not the- Yeah, that idealistic princess.
0: I am exactly the same. Like I was so comfortable writing Finn before because he was like cocky and I don't get to write a lot of characters like that. Mm -hmm. So I had a lot of fun when I was writing him. Um, and you know, it's 10 years later and we know what the history has been in the last 10 years. And so I'm sitting there writing him. And then I have this friend who's so like fun and like, doesn't take life seriously. (laughs) And it's so weird to write his friend as that character that, that Finn kind of used to be. And now Finn's like the serious cynical one. And I was like, this is so weird, but it like, it doesn't make sense. Otherwise, you know, like it just doesn't. So I totally get it. Like he's didn't want 82. So.
1: I like it. I'm really excited for them too. I was thinking about this this while I was cooking dinner earlier. I was just like, I'm so excited for Dell to see him again. I know this, I'm like, we I'm really excited about the scene when they're going to see each other again for the first time. It's just like, it's going to be a really cool scene. Um, But I'm just like, so excited because I feel like, uh, I feel like Dell, Dell has been for many reasons, hanging on to this idea of who Finn was when she knew him for a very brief period of time, brief, but momentous period of time. Right. Um, but she has been hanging on to this idea of him for 10 years and then she's going to see him again and he's going to be so different from what she remembers um but in a good way but it's just going to be a shock because it's going to be like he's like he's not like it's a totally different person like she's going to have a hard time putting the two people together and like accepting that the the young man that she remembers right. n- isn't that he's not out there this is him like
0: it's interesting you say that because i was thinking about that today when i was working on the his second chapter and as the princess like he know, like he knows about her he hears about her all the time like where mm-hmm. they know it's different where she doesn't hear about him mm-hmm. he hears about her all the time he knows what's going on and then he actually sees her like not in person, but he sees her and then it makes all the stuff he's heard the last 10 years more real. And it's like a whole new like slash, you know, to mm-hmm. kind of like everything that's been going on. And so it's really interesting. It, it's really cool to see, you know, we, us, us authors talk about these characters that talk in our head, but I, Finn isn't talking into my head or anything, but he, he's literally driving the story. Like I feel I feel like I even, I messaged you today. I was like, I, we both did. We were like, we're changing our chapters mm-hmm. we're switching them around because it just feels right, but it's not going to affect the actual story. Yeah. It was just like a, driving it in a different yeah.
1: Yeah. It was just like yeah. a, um, I don't know, chronology thing, it, a order of events. Like what made, what made sense for the care? What order would the characters do these things in? Yeah. Um, and like thinking about their motivations and stuff. Um, and I, I um, I don't feel like I've talked about it too much on this podcast. I know I've talked about it a lot on Sparks Notes, but making playlists has become like an integral part of my writing process ever since Song of Scarabs and Fallen Stars. And so I started making a playlist. Well, I started making two different playlists at the same time. Uh, I never put the same song on two playlist on two book playlists. First off, let me say that. Uh, because uh, once a song gets added to a playlist, it's like, permanently tied to a scene and i can't like Mm untie it and put it somewhere else it just doesn't work um but i'm so building a playlist for well now we are building a playlist lp is now a co-owner of this playlist um but we're building a playlist for uh the ending legacy and i'm also building a playlist for my patreon serial and they have two very different kinds of songs on them (laughs) But it's been really funny to like, I'll like just be having Spotify recommend songs to me, and I'm like, ooh, that one can go here, ooh, that one can go there. But when I was making dinner, I was listening through the songs I had already added to the Ending Legacy playlist.
0: Me too. That's what I was. Yeah, making dinner,
1: and um, and I already have scenes that they're tied to. Like, or like for me, the songs are either tied to a scene or they're tied to a character. Situation, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's a there's a one song that is goes with one of my very favorite characters, which is Gareth. Um, and so, like, I loved. I was like, this is so perfect for him. Um, that's fun. Yeah. And, and Gareth is like very much like a Sir Jorah Mormont kind of character. Yeah.
0: To Del. That's a good. That's a good comparison.
1: Yeah. Like loyal to the end, yeah. but not romantically involved I guess <laughs> that's what I would say um and uh yeah oh I'm just like so excited I've got like a bunch of songs on there for Dell and Finn and their past and their future there's one that's like for a moment that I'm really excited about that happens in like a tower <laughs> and I know you know what I'm talking
0: about <laughs> yeah I mean I won't ask you to explain no <laughs>
1: Ah, I'm so excited. I love it when,
0: uh, a story starts like talking to me. So percolating in there really uh, taking over while well, I was telling you, we were going back and forth, which we should actually talk about, um, the title, but I oh, was telling yes. you the other day, I was just like, I like didn't sleep every time I stirred. I was all I could think <gasps> about was a the new title <laughs> options. I was like, Oh my God. Like I got like no sleep. And then we had to wake up and start working at 6 a.m. Well, we started working at 6 a.m. Let's be clear. I woke up before that. So I was just like, I've been dreaming about names, came up with pretty much nothing, yet it's been on my mind for the last eight hours or six hours. And then we sit down to talk about it. Oh, man. Yeah. Um, All right. So why don't you go ahead and announce the title for book one? The title for book one, which uh, we were laughing
1: about kingdom of ruin by kf brain because we almost called it kingdom of ruin yeah <laughs> like it was like 99 there and then
0: i was like um just so you know isn't that a series you're reading like it's only books it's book three so maybe it doesn't matter but
1: <laughs> i was like oh this is the same genre yeah, <laughs> just a little less steamy at least in book one um <clears throat> but mm-hmm. yeah so it's not gonna be kingdom of ruin <laughs> we'll tell you that.
0: <laughs> yeah. It's- uh,
1: it is going to be the Raven queen. Yes. That's exciting. We're, we all just love, I think. Well, and
0: I think if, read if listeners have read world after they can assume why, I mean, yeah. that's might be kind of, or if you look at the cover. yeah. So <laughs> but, I guess, I mean, like
1: we can explain that too, if you haven't. Yeah. If you, <laughs> you look at the cover, which is a little unclear as to whether that's a, ra- a Raven or not, but it is. Um, but uh, I mean, it's clearly a bird. Uh, so, Dell is the princess of the Corvo kingdom. Um, Corvo is like the family of birds that I guess, Corvidae, but um, is the family of birds that ravens belong to. Um, and their crest is a raven. She has a raven. His name is Sid. Um, they're just all about the ravens.
0: So, Ravens are cool. She's the princess. (laughs) So, it makes sense that
1: if she became a queen, she would be the Raven Queen. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's exciting. And just to be clear, Finn is not royalty whatsoever. No. (laughs) But he is kind of royalty in his own right because he is related to the The patrons. patrons. Yeah.
1: Which, for the ending series, people um are like Jake and Zoe and Danny and Jason and
0: yeah so he is directly he's a direct descendant so uh yeah anyways very interesting if you have not checked out World After it is not an audiobook but it will be eventually when we get the series going yes. right now it is an ebook and paperback and we I would suggest holding off on the paperback until we get the new covers but
1: and you absolutely do not need to have read the ending series True. to enjoy World After
0: nope you don't.
1: Um you don't. It, it is it it does it definitely does bridge the two. Like it relates to things that were in World Before, which was a little novelette thing that we wrote, or I guess like a story compilation that we wrote after we finished the ending series. Um and but it's a bit you don't need to have read the ending series to read World After. Yeah. And to enjoy it.
0: Yeah. So, anyways, we will continue to fill you in but we're excited because well this is also the first thing we've worked on together in like two years so yes it's, and I, I it's kind of reinvigorating too it is super
1: reinvigorating and I um it's there's just like something I mean I guess it only works when you have like the right partner but there's just something so magical about and that I miss so much about when we used to go on like all of our walks and stuff our brainstorming walks and stuff is just that like back and forth of and, and yeah. if I, if I ever feel ambitious, I'll pull some fun stuff out of the videos. Um, but it's like, there's, I, rem- I remember moments where it would be like, oh, oh, and then, and then you would be like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, just, and then like, it would just off like, of it. yes. Yeah. And it just like escalates and you, it, it's like, you can feel the energy. Yeah. It's really cool. Yeah. So that's fun.
0: <sighs> yeah. Yeah. You know, and I feel like I've said this a few times, um, but being an author, like it's kind of a lonely thing, you know, a lot Super of people lonely. say it, like you work in your office and you work by yourself and you're in your own head and you're coming up with stories. And I mean, if you're really lucky, you have readers and you have um, like, ba- yeah, people you can, you can bounce ideas off of, but you're creating a story on your own in the end. So it's just, it's very different um, than working on something with someone. So mm. it's, it's just kind of, I think that's why it's so refreshing too, is it's fun to work on a story where you're not just beating your, you know, you're not just sitting there, like racking your brain, trying to figure out, well, there's a plot hole and I have to figure it out on my own because it's my story. You know what I mean? Like, it's not like you can just sit down and bounce ideas off each other. And in 10 minutes, you're like, Oh, there we go. We figured it out. (laughs) It doesn't work that way. When you're, you have to go on a lot of walks and take a lot of showers and you have to take a step away from your work. And, you know, like it's, it's different. So.
1: I love that you have to go on a lot of walks and take a lot of showers.
0: I mean, all the things. It's true, one hundred percent. Also, out of the home. other one that really helps
1: me is driving. Yeah, I, I always have. That, I I always have good solutions when I'm driving, which is frustrating. Shower, walk, driving. Nothing I don't have do, a yeah. way to write it down. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I could take on my phone when I'm walking and like, you know. <laughs> <laughs> or like say something, but, um, it's not the same.
0: <laughs> well, so, anyway, um, that's where we're at. Obviously we're excited. Hope we didn't <laughs> just bore you for the last 30 minutes of all this summer. You know,
1: oh, but I'm really excited. We'll share the cover when we have it. Um, and let you guys know when we have a pre-order up and all that fun stuff. Um, and like when we have a description and
0: I know we are aiming for the very beginning of 2023, yes. so like, like yes. literally, like the third oh, of January. And
1: can I <laughs> can I announce the um thing for the other podcast that we'll be doing?
0: Oh sure, yeah.
1: yeah. So um, in probably starting in November, we are going to be reading um out loud together alternating I don't know um we're gonna be reading our own chapters of world after for the read Red by the author podcast um so I guess that would be season 3.5 of that podcast um so that's gonna be really fun and we'll, and yeah. we'll be doing
0: it together
1: <laughs> yeah Live.
0: so everyone can watch me or listen to me go oh wait that's not right let me start that line over <laughs> that's fine <laughs> I don't, I mean, you know, it's not my thing. I say this all the time. It's not my thing reading out loud. I've kind of gotten to the point where I don't really like it is what it is, but it's definitely still not my favorite thing. I am not uh, a thespian in any way whatsoever. Like Lindsay fairly sparks will stop and she'll be like, oh, that's not the right voice. I'm like, we're just reading it through. So if you guys are going to be listening for the theatrics, don't, you might want to. I'll do the theatrics. Yeah. Dell chapters will be super fun. Finn's <laughs> chapters will be, you know. I mean, I might put a little umph in there, but I'm not going to be like, That's a shit talking. And like, a I don't think he's a parent voice or whatever. I know. I'm just <laughs> saying. I was the first quote unquote <laughs> character I could come up with. Yeah, <laughs> with that might sound different than a normal person. <laughs> Beast, Beast makes an appearance, but that's—I don't think that works. Yeah, you'll have to anyway. hold up
1: Beast, the real Beast, <laughs> the inspiration for Beast. Yeah.
0: Anyway, yeah. but yeah, so we'll keep you posted on that. That will be fun. Uh, that'll be a fun thing we're going to be working on. So yeah. Um. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So,
1: are we ready? It's two transitions. Let's do it. All right. Make a huge spoiler warning, as always. Uh, we are not holding back. So. Oh all the spoilers, all the things, all the things. So if you have not read a discovery of witches or watched the show, and I mean, more so like the book, I would say, I don't know either, I guess uh, you're going to be spoiled if you haven't. So there yeah. <laughs> I'm going to read the description of the book. Um, and then we'll go from there. Ian. A richly inventive novel about a centuries-old vampire, a spellbound witch, and the mysterious manuscript that draws them together. Deep in the stacks of Oxford's Bodleian Library, young scholar Diana Bishop unwittingly calls up a bewitched alchemical manuscript in the course of her research. Descended from an old and distinguished line of witches, Diana wants nothing to do with sorcery. Do they call it sorcery in the book? I don't feel like they do. they call it witchcraft
0: mm-hmm.
1: magic anyway, yeah so after i mean it's okay anybody who writes books or whatever knows that usually the person who wrote the book doesn't write the blurb or if they do, i mean it's not usually sometimes sometimes it's somebody who's never even read the book who writes the blurb
0: <laughs> which Just may be the case here that's what she said Uh, So,
1: after a furtive glance and a few notes, she banishes the book to the stacks, but her discovery sets a fantastical underworld stirring, and a horde of demons, witches, and vampires soon descends upon the library. Diana has stumbled upon a coveted treasure lost for centuries, and she is the only creature who can break its spell. Debut novelist Deborah Harkness, which is so funny because I feel like she is so established now. Um, Deborah Harkness has crafted a mesmerizing and addictive read, equal parts history and magic, romance and suspense Diana is a bold heroine who meets her equal and vampire geneticist Matthew Claremont also not necessarily the adjective I would give him, geneticist he's so much more than that Um, sorry just critiquing the this description the things authors
0: need to think about when they're writing their <laughs> blurbs yes
1: And gradually warms up to him as their alliance deepens into an intimacy that violates ages old taboos. This smart, sophisticated story harks back to the novels of Anne Rice. I'm really glad that this is in here, by the way, but it not the Anne Rice part, but it is as contemporary and sensual as the Twilight series with an extra serving of historical realism. And I'm really glad that they mentioned the Twilight series because I have always felt like a discovery of witches was like a grown-up version of Twilight, and yeah. if you look at it and analyze its beats, it is like beat for beat, very similar. Oh, interesting. Yeah, in terms of like the relationship, like there's no academic mystery in Twilight, right. um, but the relationship between Diana and Matthew and the relationship between Bella and Edward and like his trajectory and he leaves and he comes back and like how he rescues her, like that stuff. Yeah, that makes sense. And then he rescues her later. I mean, it just is very, if you really think about it,
0: very similar. I like that. God, it's been so long since I read the twilight. I know. I think we
1: talked about how we're going to, we should do it. We're going to do twilight for one of our adaptations, And then we're going to be like,
0: we might cringe around I feel like actually I'm glad I know I liked that one. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. It's been so long. I I feel like I feel like it could go either way. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. Moving on.
1: Um, I feel like if we do okay, so I do want to say I feel like if we do Twilight, if, that we should do like a live viewing of Twilight with like our <gasps> reactions.
0: Oh my god, that'd be so fun. <laughs> I don't know how we would do that, but we should figure it out.
1: I don't know either. Maybe on TikTok, it could be like our first ever live. <laughs>
0: Oh yeah. Okay. Let's talk about this. This is
1: okay. like this. So <clears throat> anyway, I don't feel like it aged. Well, <laughs> the movie, what? the movie, I don't feel oh. like the Twilight movie aged. Well,
0: <laughs> I mean the special effects were bad to begin with, so it definitely didn't get any better. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh man. Um, okay. So um, I want to say that this was published in like 2000. And- 11 or something it was before we published our books
0: yeah and i want to say that i feel like when we first met working at the bookstore this it book was on the it was on the new releases shelf yeah it well, i got the arc so it oh had you did G, like that maybe i got it before you came but i remember us both reading it when you first got there and that was like yeah um let's, let's see. that was something that we had talked about when you first came Mm-hmm. and I was like this is the new Lindsay I'm the old Lindsay and we're gonna be friends or no I don't know what we how we did that but
1: um I actually have three of us first edition pretty sure I can't remember how you tell but I think it first I don't know 2011 yes
0: nice you have the art copy on my bookshelf right now I don't have any fancy editions um But yeah, Uh, so that was, I mean, it's been a while and that book is still going strong. I still see people talking about on TikTok right now. It's like, oh yeah. Anytime I mention it on TikTok, people are like, oh my God, I love that book so much.
1: I'm like, yes, my people. Um, Mm -hmm. So I will say like a discovery of witches has a really close place. That's not the right term in my heart. Um, A soft spot. Soft spot in my heart. I have a soft spot in my heart for Discovery, which is I don't know. Anyway, um, it definitely was a big um, inspiration for me with the with Echo and Time and the Echo trilogy. It was it was my favorite book at the time when I wrote that, and I definitely feel like um, I've had uh, the most flattering thing that somebody can tell me. One of my readers is that um, Echo and Time like reminiscent of it is reminiscent of a discovery, which is, and I'm just like, Oh my God, thank you. (laughs) So I, I genuinely adore this book so much. So tell me what you did to recap your, um, yeah.
0: So this was a tricky one because I read the original story years ago. Um, and so obviously when the series came out, I, I watched the first, the first season and then I took like two year break and then I happened to, and then it happened to be over. I I've only ever read the first book. <laughs> Don't stone me. <laughs> okay. I've only ever re- I have the other ones I've only ever read. They're so big. And I know they are really big. I actually um, read them. They're like right there. Yeah. Right there. Yeah. No, I have them. Oh, so, so what I did was, um, and here's the other thing too, you guys, I have so many streaming channels when I get free access to something, I devour it because I don't know when I'm going to get it again. And mm-hmm. it's had all three seasons and I watched all of them. So I have to go in saying this. I've only read book one. I've watched all three seasons, but that was all a ways a, a time ago. Right. And then we're going to be talking about. So I listened to book one again and now I'm like really fresh on book one as, as far as what happened. But then I'm thinking of Season one? Okay, that was three seasons ago, a year ago when I watched all three seasons. <laughs> so I'm like, oh, oh that's funny. I did forget. I watched
1: like a YouTube recap of the season one of the show because I I've probably, watched it twice. I,
0: I should have probably done that. Yeah.
1: Well, it was helpful. Um, and it refreshed me on some of the differences between the two. And um I will say I'm not gonna I would not I would never stone somebody. Well, I would never I would not stone
0: you, um, but but someone else people be on the lookout. Okay. Um, for, I
1: wouldn't, I mean, I'm not mad at you about that, that I've only read the whole series one time. Okay. And I have read the first book a gazillion times to me. The first book is like perfection. The series Gets a little muddy. Um, I still love it. I love the history. I love the time travel stuff. I love um, the, the the world that she set up. Um, Diana gets a little Mary Sue ish, um, and it gets really frustrating. Like everybody in the loves books. Diana.
0: <laughs> okay,
1: Diana can do. She's like super powerful. So that got a little bit frustrating for me. Um, and I felt myself like rolling my eyes a little bit when I read the complete series. Um, and I will say uh, book two, the first time I tried to read the whole series, I stalled somewhere in the middle of book two. It's just like, it gets really long in the Elizabethan time period.
0: Yeah, I can um, see that. Well, because book one itself is really long. Like I think, and well, we can talk more about this, but mm-hmm. I, I think that's one of the things, like I enjoyed the first book, but going back in after seeing the show and then going back in listening to the f- however many hours it is that it is to listen to book. It's like 25 hours or something like that. So it's like, I feel like there were so, there were a lot of places where I really appreciated the extra explanation that isn't in the story. Yes. But there are other times when I'm just like, I don't know if it's because I've seen the show and I'm like, okay, let's get going. Like, <laughs> like do I don't know that I need like this yeah, extreme like, description of tell. the meal? It's hard to, yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, she definitely likes her, you know, description. descriptions and stuff. But again, that's probably what people love about that. Yes, book, like I said,
1: so. to me, A Discovery of Witches is yeah. perfection in a book. Yeah. Like it is a perfect book. A Discovery of Witches is my comfort book. It's my comfort book. If I am in a reading funk or it's a book I can read, when I'm also writing something, which I can't usually do. Right. Um, because I've read it so many times that I already know what happens. Like sometimes I can read my own books when I'm writing, um, because it is a story that's this from my own head. So it doesn't right. it's different. pull me out, but, um, yeah, it, it, there's definitely, I think because I've read it so many times, there's like, I've noticed a lot of little things that I'm just like, there's, you can only read something so many times before you're like, Oh, here we are again. <laughs> yeah. So, um, but this was my first time reading it since watching the show. So okay. that was interesting. Um, yeah. So I think my first question is going to be about the casting. Yes. Um, because I have lots of thoughts. I know my readers have lots of thoughts. I asked them about their thoughts. Um, and so I'm gonna share some of their thoughts. Okay. Also exciting. Um, and I have thoughts, and I'm sure that you have thoughts. So did you have feelings about the casting choices?
0: So I think the one that obviously, I mean, I feel like this is obviously, maybe not, but that stood out to me the most is uh Lindsay Duncan as the mom. Because she's for uh As she gets, Yeah, because she's supposed to be young, like yeah, and she's r- like a lot older. Yes. Which I think and I love like, that actress. Yes. I love that I, I don't I don't think it was a bad decision, but it's a surprising one, I think. I, I it doesn't fit because like then Philippe, which you don't actually meet in book one. Okay, but, that was gonna be my question is how did that work? Yeah.
1: Yeah. So Philippe. I mean, they're vampires. They were turned into vampires when they were young or in the so prime of their also, lives. So he's also, they age
0: him in the show as well, then as well. Yeah,
1: you no, know. they, okay. were, they were like, you know. Um, but yeah, so multiple of my readers mentioned Isabeau. Um, but uh, one of them did say uh, Deborah Harkness um, apparently always imagined that actress as Isabeau which is why they made that choice. Um, I don't know. I'm assuming that I know she consulted, so it makes sense. Yeah. I'm assuming that that was accurate. However, based on the descriptions in the book.
0: Yeah, definitely. not. Does do- I was does surprised not when I was rereading and I was like, what the hell? Yeah. No, <laughs> they made it very clear. She was very young and beautiful and yes. younger than yes. Matthew, I think even yeah, or something like that. Yeah.
1: Enough that, you know, Diana's kind of disoriented. Yeah, by it and Isabeau is just like a force anyway. Um,
0: I feel like the personality that was portrayed
1: yes. was the same, was spot, spot on. on. Yeah, but the just the physical description and then then so I and also again this is an issue. This is more of a like if you read the books, you would feel a disconnect. However, I thought she did an excellent job in the show, and I did not look up her name, but I have seen her in other stuff and liked her. The actress who played Miriam. Oh, really? I loved her. I loved her in the role. But Miriam is supposed to be like when Diana first meets Miriam, she sees her from the back, and she is surprised when she turns around and sees that she's a grown woman. She thinks she's a child.
0: Oh, I didn't catch that. Okay.
1: A very diminutive woman.
0: Interesting. And she has a personality of a freaking like
1: yes. She's a firecracker. She's still a firecracker in the books. Right, right. But she is tiny.
0: Yeah, interesting. Yeah, I didn't catch that. Yeah,
1: no, but I do love This version, I mean, it doesn't. It's it's not really. It doesn't like change her person. It doesn't change right. the character per se. Other than she was specifically described a certain way in the books, and she is a, an average size to tall woman in the show. Um, yeah. However, personality wise, I feel like the actress is spot on, um, and I don't feel like size is as important as. The age issue with Isabel. Right. so or the age appearance issue with Isabel. Um, so those are the two. Oh no, my um, readers also mentioned Matthew. Um, I love Matthew. Good. Let me just say, I love Matthew. Good. Who's the actor who plays Matthew? Which is funny that that's his name. Yeah. But um, Matthew is, and I really paid attention to this when I was reading this time. Um, Matthew is described as like a very big dude, like burly like like a warrior and matthew good is very definitely
0: doesn't have that
1: no he's very
0: scholarly looking i mean he definitely plays the genetic like if you're yes. if you're reading the blurb he play he looks like he's yes that yes geneticism. and he's tall
1: he's definitely tall and he's not like skinny or scrawny but he is slender and yeah. you know um so that there was yeah, definitely, no, that. yeah. And then I felt, I mean, there's just like Baldwin. I didn't feel like fit his character, the casting. I, again, I have read this so many times. <laughs> so yeah, now I
0: get it. I, get I have it.
1: very clear pictures. I thought I was happy enough with Diana. Um, I absolutely adore the casting for Sarah and M yes, so I think much. Perfect. I think they did such a good job. Yes. Um, Alex, um, King, Kingston, Alex Kingston, who people would recognize as River Song from Doctor Who, um, is Sarah Bishop, Diana's aunt, who is another force. I love how many strong women there are in this series. I think it's beautiful. Um, and but Sarah is uh, Sarah is just awesome, and uh, the way that the actress brings her to life. Is amazing. Sarah and M's relationship has always been one of my favorite things about the book. Um, I just love them. So and then I thought Marcus was also a great casting choice. Yeah. I don't know the actor's name, but he I thought he fit perfectly. Yeah. So Yeah. yeah. Did you have any other feelings about casting?
0: Um, I well, I love Teresa Palmer, so I'm like, I think she did an amazing job. Um she plays Diana. Yeah, sorry, she plays Diana. Um it's funny you mentioned Baldwin because also it's weird in the show that he changes actors a couple of times. So who actually portrays him in the show? He does. Yeah. So how did I not notice that? (laughs) Yeah. So it's interesting that you brought him up because I never knew really what to think about him because even in the show, like I said, it's kind of feels discombobulated. Hmm. Um, I did feel like he was portrayed. Well, I don't know. Maybe it's just me, but I felt like, at least from what I remember from season one, he seemed way more conducive to what was going on in the book than he did in the show. Um, but then again, in the show, the council was a huge part of the first season, which is yeah. really only introduced at the very end of the book, the book. So I don't know. It's kind of, you know, hard to, yeah, but yeah, no, in the series, he has, he's a, he's two different actors. So, Oh, I'm going to have to look that up. Is yeah. it in season two that they change or is it in I season so. three? I think it's season two.
1: Mm, I'm going to have to, because like I said, I have only seen half of season two. So
0: yeah. Yeah. Double check. I might, I don't know. I might be wrong in the season, but I know for sure that they change. I had to look it up because I was so confused. I'm like, wait, who's this guy? I'm like, halfway through. I'm like, wait a second. This is the same guy.
1: (laughs) Okay. I'm going to pay attention to that.
0: Uh, Yeah, I should.
1: Okay. So what are your favorite things about this story in general? Book show? Like any, just like, because I do feel like. For the most part, the show is at its core, true to the book. Right, right. So about a discovery of witches in general, what are your favorite things about it?
0: I, I mean, you know me, I love history, history. Mm-hmm. I was a major in history. I try and incorporate history in my stories, whether I'm surviving the apocalypse, my characters are surviving the surviving the apocalypse or whatever. Like I want there to be something in there, mm-hmm. um. So I really love the amount of history that is, in like I can just appreciate. I don't even know. I mean, I'm sure like diehard fans know this answer, but I don't even know how much time she spent. I know she's also a scholar and probably, she's a history teacher. Yeah, I was say yeah, yeah. But like I the amount of knowledge that went into writing this. I understand that it's fiction. I understand that it's fantasy, but it there's it's hardcore. This is like, this is so much history people. Like I hope people can really appreciate that about this series because it's insane. And
1: And I like the way she talks about
0: the time, like the,
1: the different manuscripts, even just the process of studying a manuscript calling it from the Bodleian Library, studying a manuscript. Although I have heard that there's some errors in terms of, it's a little bit outdated, like the way that you call a manuscript. But by the time that this was published, it was not the same way. Anyway, like they use pneumatic tubes in the books, in book three. That doesn't matter because we're not talking about that. Um, Those are no longer used at Oxford. Uh, Apparently, I read. Um,
0: (laughs) Yes, the history and the alchemy the alchemy Ooh. element and, how, and alchemy how itself is like this fantastical thing that yes. does anybody really understand? No, it? but I don't
1: think so. Deborah Harkness does. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And so that's yeah.
1: what Diana is a
0: historian of alchemy. Right. And I think that's why his, I think that's people like us who really enjoy history really like grasp hold of this series and Mm -hmm. appreciate it because we totally like get enthralled. I think I've heard people who don't like it because they're like, Oh, it's like so wordy and it goes on and on and on. And I think that's people who they probably don't. And I'm not like saying that anybody who didn't appreciate this series or didn't like it, like teach us own, you know, I it's not my favorite series ever, but I did enjoy it because of these aspects. But I think Mm -hmm. people in general that I've talked to, especially like talking about TikTokers and stuff, Mm -hmm. book talkers who didn't like it. I think it's because they, there's so much detail and there's so much history that that's not their thing, right? Yeah. So of course, the thing that we love is the thing that turns some people off. Yeah. And that makes sense, right? Like if you're not a romance author, you're not going to read J.R. Ward, who writes about vampires screwing people and cursing. And, you know, like, you know what I mean? Like, it's just, it makes sense. Yes. Like I I love, a book like this where
1: I can be like, huh, I wonder if that's real. And then I can go look it up and like learn something or I can go look up pictures of the Bodleian library, or I can, you know, like all this stuff. Like,
0: yeah. So that, that was something that I really appreciated about both the series and this book, and in two very different ways, because I feel like the book is really good about going into depth and detail about things. Even if sometimes I was like, "Okay, let's move on." Like, I, like there's an appreciation there, you know. Like, yes. regardless of my my impatience as a reader, like there's an appreciation there. I really liked that the story was so visual and really helped bring a lot of those things to life. Yes, I would have never seen otherwise. Have I ever? ever go to oxford like you know like yeah real? like i felt like i could and like have, even was like really immersed you know things that are not
1: strictly academic like she's it's not academic but you still learn a lot about oxford the university and the different mm-hmm. colleges and like yeah. how that whole thing
0: works or like and... what a professor like the quarters they would be living in and what that is like and they're just yes. like little dorms and like shit like that i was just like yeah. huh yeah you're not living in a fancy castle. You're literally living in a dorm with like yeah, one bedroom. I totally a wrote down apartment. That yeah. One of my
1: favorite, one of my favorite things is description, the descriptions in this. It's also one of the things that makes me roll my eyes sometimes. Um, but this, like the descriptions of the setting, the wine, the food, the people, mm-hmm. I will say some of the wine descriptions get super over the top. <laughs>
0: Yeah, again, there's a, I feel like there's times where you like pick and choose where you're really going to go into detail. I mean, I, I, and I like Matthew's descriptions
1: of like what he smells and tastes in wine as a vampire, yeah. as a vampire are I'm like, I have to assume that Deborah Harkness put this in there purposely to be ridiculous and over the top because he's like cherries macerated in brandy and uh blackberries from like the drive south of france up to my or house, some shit, or, like yeah. it's just like the most specific things that it's like okay <laughs> yeah <laughs> um it's funny but i still it also like makes me hungry and want wine and food and like fancy right? So. <laughs>
0: oh can I just say I've been watching Peaky Blinders and they smoke and drink so much. All I want to do is just drink constantly when I'm watching it. Go I out and have a cigar. <laughs> I'm like, can I just have can I just kick back some bourbon, please? Okay. Anyway, <laughs> go ahead.
1: Um, so another thing that I really love, um, but my favorite kinds of books, so paranormal romance, paranormal romance or urban fantasy, um, my favorite are my favorite genres. My favorite version of those are um books that, uh, have like a hidden world. So like the magical otheriness about it is, it's like, it's like, it could really exist in our world that we live in right now. This is that kind of series, yeah. you know? So the witches, the vampires, the demons, they're a part of our current world and nobody knows about them. The humans, I mean, some humans do, but most humans don't. Yeah. Um, I, I absolutely love like Diana and Matthew's falling in love phase. And there were two specific parts that I wrote down that I wanted to mention. And so one is they're totally insta love, by the way. Like, it's very much like, you know, oh, no, he's a vampire. Ah, I love him. Like, like Edward and Bella. Yeah. Yeah. And like Matthew is like, has like vampire obsession with her like edward and Bella. oh
0: you know, you know what now that yeah, yeah yeah i remember thinking that actually when i was when i was reading it again or listening yeah. i was like oh god is this this is like is he gonna glitter next like what's he no he doesn't glitter shimmer. but he does talk about her witch's blood singing mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. does he make a stinky face when she walks in the room <laughs> okay sorry no. i digress moving on uh- <laughs> Oh my god. but
1: I have to say you know that scene in the show maybe you don't remember this because you watched it like a year ago but there's a scene in the show I want to say it's like episode one but um Matthew like smells Diana's sweater
0: yes when yeah and at the rowing thing yes. or whatever. and he's like yeah the rowing whatever they call it yeah oh I was actually waiting for that scene when I was listening to the book I was like this is gonna happen. they don't even introduce rowing until halfway through the story anyway again oh my god it's so funny
1: um. Yeah, that scene—the face that he makes—he's just like, he's like it's like the most intense sniffing face ever. <laughs> yeah, it's it's really intense. Anyway, um, <clears throat> but his I love—I really love—and it's like a little bit like creepy, but I love he he tells before he and D- Diana get involved, or even really before they're friends. Um, he tells her he's like friendships between vampires and or friendships with vampires can be difficult or friendships between warm bloods and vampires can be difficult, or something like that. Um, and then she's like getting freaked out by his like, kind of controlling, domineering vampiriness. And he's like, I told you relationships with vampires can be difficult. So he like created his own get out of jail free card to like be a controlling, vampire and I still love him for it.
0: Okay. Well, how many thousands of years has he been alive? He <laughs> definitely learned how to manipulate the system. Yes, right? he totally did.
1: Um yeah, so and I know I already talked about Sarah and M. I love them so much. Um and this like the three settings that I wrote down to talk about were the Bishop House. I love the Bishop House when they when they go back to the Bishop House. And- I had a note about that too. Yeah, there's like the, the ghosts of like the ancestors, and the house is like alive. It's amazing. Um, and then Septours is awesome. Uh, Matthew's family castle.
0: <laughs> yeah, you know, because everyone has one of those. Where they
1: are, spend some time. And then the Bodleian Library is amazing as well um, at Oxford. So those are some of my favorite things. Yeah. From my 8,000 reads of this. <laughs> Um, okay least favorite things about the book show anything I, I think, just have a couple
0: I think for me least favorite things i mean i kind of are touch on that like i feel like i got kind of like humdrum and bored with a lot of the detail or the detail when it was excessive in some areas um but i don't know this is hard because this kind of goes into what the book and the and the show did, di- you know, differently. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, we
1: can actually, we can skip. Cause I think all of my, no, there's one thing. There's one thing that I have for both.
0: Okay. Why don't you do that one? And then we can go into it. Cause I feel like a lot of mine are kind of, okay. About.
1: So mine, I feel like is born of like defensiveness about myself <laughs> and my personal habits, which is like, Diana is Diana is super into exercise. She's like exercising all the she time. Really is. Yeah. But and I,
0: I kind of interpreted that as because she's not using her magic. So she yes. has to have an outlet, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah.
1: And it, and, and as the series goes on, it, it goes away. Yeah.
0: She, yeah. she's not no yeah. more rowing yet,
1: but she's like talking, she's like rowing and running and doing yoga and yeah. like all the time, mm-hmm. all the time. <laughs> and in my head, I'm like, this girl needs to be eating way more than this. <laughs> and there's a scene where she got the first like meal that she and Matthew have together sharing a table. He's not eating. Cause he's a vampire. Um, I remember that meal when Bella and Edward eat and she like makes him eat a ravioli and then he has to like go vomit it up.
0: What the, yeah. Is that, yep. I do. Um, at the restaurant.
1: She's like, I'm really hungry. And then she orders like two eggs and some hash browns and, some toast, and I'm like,
0: <laughs> <laughs> "You're like, uh,
1: that's what you eat when you're really hungry." <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Uh, so, that was um, that, but I mean, that is just me being defensive and extra criticky of a character.
0: <laughs> that's so funny. I don't even, I didn't even like register that, but I can see that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So
1: what did you feel like the show or the book did better?
0: So I really like going back to what you were talking about settings and, um, the house, the house, the Bishop house, the Bishop house is explained so much better in the book than it is in the show. And it has so much more personality. It actually has characters that are not in like Mm -hmm. grandma and all those people, the ghosts. They're there's, they actually have personalities that is not in the show. And I, I feel like they could have done that. Like, I don't know why they didn't, but I really appreciated that. Um, I feel like the book, obviously, because we talked about how long it is and how much detail there is, there's a lot more information about her parents and what happened to her, which I think is only loosely explained, especially in the first season Mm-hmm. Um so I really appreciated that. Um and what else? Um Yeah, I so I put like the background with her parents, the house, um even the book. I feel like I feel so small 782. Yeah, so I feel like there's a lot more description or it I, it made more sense to me reading it for the second time than it did watching the show after reading it because I I don't I mean I know there's a lot of space in between but I just feel like the the story it really kind of explained everything a little bit more and I feel like way earlier on than what they do in the show is they start connecting all the demon like all the creatures connected to her
1: mm-hmm. which
0: for because of her blood which mm-hmm. I I don't feel like they do in the show as at least not as obviously Mm -hmm. um yeah they start hanging around but they make it seem like it's because of the book they don't have it doesn't have a lot to do with her until i think season two or three so i really like that they really kind of start explaining all that stuff earlier in the book um it makes more sense um but on the other side of that is they also introduce a lot of things a lot later in the book than they do in the show, which I preferred learning about, um, meetings, uh, Satu, is that how you say her name? I always it's like Satu Marvel. Yeah. Or something like so that. like, you don't meet her till almost end like the last quarter of the book. Really? Mm-hmm.
1: Um, you, yeah. Don't and really- she plays a way. She's one of the things I wrote down for the book did better. Um, yeah. her role was way bigger in the show. Mm-hmm. In a very confusing way. Like I didn't understand. Well, yeah. well
0: even the council is in the entire season, but mm-hmm. in the book, they're only in, they're mentioned, but they're mm-hmm. only in the last. But, well, and part. I think that's because like in the book we're in Di-
1: for the most part, we're in Diana's first person point of view. So we only know what Diana knows. That's true. And in the show they added in, I wish that they had just stuck to Diana's point of view in the show. I feel like then it would ease us into the world better. But instead, we have like, we see Juliet and what she's doing in Venice, and we see the council or the congregation, and we see, you know, other stuff. Like, there's only a couple chapters that are not from Diana's point of view um, in the book. And those are told in third person, I think, to further distance the reader from those points of view.
0: And also, it's interesting you bring up Juliet because I was thinking about her a lot when I was reading, and because she's only brought up towards the end. It's interesting that in the show they bring her in in the very first episode or maybe it's the second one but it's very early on. And her entire storyline essentially until she meets Matthew is pointless. Like it adds nothing to the story.
1: Yeah, I think it What they were just following like Chekhov's gun like if you're going to have a gun file, fire in scene 3 you need to introduce So yeah, it's, in scene just, one or it's just it's really
0: like, interesting um That they did, they introduced a lot of people earlier on, which in a way I liked because, but again, I, I think it's because I watching the show most recently first and then reading it, I was like, where are all these characters? And they're like, almost all like piled in the end. Yeah. So I kind of like that they were introduced, but when I really stop and think about it, I'm like, what was the point of introducing those? Yeah. You know? Well, and I think that a lot of them are
1: mentioned kind of in passing. Oh, and in they are. They the earlier are. Parts. They definitely are. And that's hard. I think that I'm sure those the writers were had a harder time figuring out how to make that memorable to viewers, you know, whereas I know Juliet is mentioned, um you know like peter knox we just like get little snippets of in the book until he
0: definitely not as big of a character
1: yeah he's he's a very important character Mm -hmm. but i like not seeing his point of view i like just seeing him through diana's eyes and he is awful
0: um yeah, he's awful enough that way. You don't have to have him meeting like going and finding Satu. Satu and, and yeah. 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 yeah, you don't need all that. Yeah, that's really confusing, actually.
1: Yeah, so Satu is one of the things I wrote down. I also really preferred the book version. Not not nothing against the actress, but the way that the character was written in the show for Jillian Chamberlain. Um, I really prefer the book version. Um, in the show, she was written as like kind of. But she's like the witch, like friend slash mild She's like antagonist. really meek and like
0: timid and yeah, she's like a, a little mouse in
1: the show. And in the book, she's like very catty and like spiteful that Diana's not um yeah, definitely different. Yeah, I mean, she, it shows us a lot of the pre- there's okay, so there's a heavy um vein of stereotypes and prejudices between the different magical races that runs through the story and like Sarah Bishop, Diana's aunt is like extremely prejudiced against the other types of creatures, demons and vampires. And then Jillian is like super, I guess, pissy at Diana for picking a vampire over a witch to like spend time with. And so then she kind of, works with Peter Knox and does some bad stuff. But in Mm. the show, she's like very much kind of almost like bullied by Peter Knox. I don't know. I just didn't like the way that it came across in the show. Um, But my biggest thing about the book that I didn't like about the way that they did it in the show, I did not at all like the way that they made the magic look in the show. It was nothing like what was described in the books. And it really irritated me.
0: How did they make it look different?
1: It's like white and flowy in the books. It's very colorful and it's like ribbons the way Diana sees it. She talks about ribbons.
0: It's okay. It's uh, definitely like that later on. Just so you know.
1: Well, it should be in the first season.
0: Yeah. I'm just letting you know. Eventually they get there.
1: It was all white. It was all white flowy magic in season one. And I, that really bothered me. Interesting. Yeah.
0: It's funny. I didn't notice that, but I also had three seasons in my brain to like reflect on, you know, huh? Maybe that they got better
1: special effects later or something
0: at the end of season one. I kept getting confused. So at the end of season one, did they actually end season one, the show where they ended the books,
1: the books end with or the book. ends. I think it's from Sarah's point of view, isn't it? She comes back into the house after Diana and Matthew time walk. So Mm -hmm. the book from Diana's perspective, I'm pretty sure. Well, I'm not going to look at it right now, but I feel like doesn't it end with Diana and Matthew time walking. They take a step. Peter Knox is trying to break in or something, or I don't know.
0: But I don't remember. I might be mistaken. Maybe that's the show. That's what I'm saying. I think that's the show, but I don't remember him. But I kept waiting for him and I'm no. wrong. I guys, that know just... I think that they just missed an entire chapter. In no, the no, no, last no.
1: One. no, I think that in the book, they just time mock and then Diane or, and then Sarah comes back and talks about how the that's house is. Why empty. I'm
0: wondering like, um, I think they
1: had just to just... make it like more urgent for the show or something. I don't know.
0: I, I, I might be wrong, but I don't think that I was waiting for them. I was waiting for Knox and people to like break in and like make them. Yeah. I don't yeah. think that happened. No, I did I love.
1: Um, I can't remember if this is in the show, but in the book, there's a scene where there's, there's like the teenage, witch is like trick or treating. And
0: yeah, they had that in the book. I love that. I love that. Yeah. I don't book. think. That's in the, I don't story. think it's in the show in the show. Yeah, no, but, that was but I one. love that. It was like, right. They're You're like, like we'll, we'll blow out the kid. We'll blow yeah. out that Jack Lanterns So for you. cute. I don't they're know like, why I love because that. they wanted to see like the vampire in the woods. Yeah. Yeah. That
1: was fun. So, um, and I, I only have, do you
0: have anything else for what the book did better
1: that you want to talk about?
0: Um, I don't think so. Mostly it just explained a lot of things that I don't think were so clear in the story. Yeah, Or at least it took a long time to get to the clarity for me. So, yeah. (sighs)
1: Um, Okay. Do you have, I have one thing for what I felt like the show did better. Do you have anything for what you felt like the show did better?
0: Well, I mean, season one. I'm a visual person. So literally seeing it, seeing it is helpful. So other than that, like nothing is glaringly like coming to life. Why? What, what are you, what are you thinking?
1: Just Alex, Alex Kingston as Sarah Bishop. Like, oh, Sarah is very abrasive in the books. Extremely abrasive um
0: hangs up the phone yeah she's just angry she's temperamental she's like opinions. a
1: little bit of a bully like like minor minorly like (laughs) emotionally abusive like i don't know like she's yeah you almost are
0: like poor poor
1: poor m poor m (laughs) like poor diana for like at least she had m to help raise her you know Mm -hmm. um but sarah bishop in the show played by Alex Kingston is just perfection. She is yeah. perfect. Uh I feel like I already know what you're going to say, but um which did you prefer the book or the show?
0: Well, that's hard, right? Because I haven't yeah. finished the series, and it's not because I didn't enjoy the books, it's just because they're so long and it's just instant gratification, right? Um I doesn't mean I don't want to. I would like to finish the series and compare them. Um but I did I really did enjoy the the show. I feel like as far as adaptations go i feel like they did a really good job yes. i feel like all the really important points the chronological, like it's all and it's um, all pretty good i feel like we need to mention this is a very difficult
1: book series to yeah. adapt because it takes place in the past and it has extra i know i feel like i'm talking really loud it has extremely like big settings yeah it does elizabethan england
0: and Oxford, then third college
1: yeah you know like as it goes on throughout the series again talking about later in the series but like big settings at least in season 1 it they're like not as i guess looking at it from like a production point of view expensive to film
0: yeah no it's it's so, big and um yeah. definitely it, it yeah. I would be just because like, especially watching the last, the, you know, season two and three, I would be interested to compare the books because of all of the stuff that I know that's going to happen. I would be interested to see how it all pans out for sure. Yeah, um, cause there are some intense scenes coming up, uh, yeah. in the next. I know. Season, I think so
1: that the so. reason that I haven't finished, I know why I've stalled in season two. I know why. And, uh, so like there's a, for people who require or who prefer or like uh, content warnings or trigger warnings, there's a pregnancy loss. And I know that's why I can't like, e- like, even when I reread this or when I reread the series, I just skip over that part in book two. I was like, I can't, I just can't do it anymore. <laughs> so I know that I, and I know that's exactly where I'm paused in the show. I'm like, oh no, it's coming. I can't keep going. <laughs> so I just need to like what are past it and Matthew yes. turns into such a dick in the books sorry oh, <laughs> for a I'd little say, while yeah, I don't
0: know yeah I don't know
1: after the after the um miscarriage he becomes a total a-hole
0: <laughs> well it's really interesting because um that actually reminded me, I don't know why that reminded me but they also go to New Orleans too there you're like you said there's a lot of sets for this there's mm-hmm. a lot of stuff
1: yeah. In book two, they go, they're in Elizabeth, Elizabethan England. They go to Prague and, and we're not talking about modern Prague. We're not talking about modern England. Like Elizabethan England burned down. Like.
0: Yeah.
1: It's really interesting. <laughs> so, um, <sighs> my preference is for the books. Um, right.
0: Yeah. But I, I have I I wish I could weigh in more I, I I feel like I am totally ill-equipped to answer this question because I have it, it's so yeah
1: it's
0: because I haven't read all the books but I've yeah. seen the whole show out of you know total convenience
1: I will say I'm really excited to finish the show now that we've been talking about it so that's probably what I'm going to watch next by myself so yeah. will you be continuing are you going to finish the books
0: I would like to um I think for me, just because how long they are, it's a matter of time. But I would like to. What I'll probably do is download them. And then whenever I don't have something to read for the podcast or my book club or whatever, I can um, maybe try and squeeze it in. But I would like to. Cool. Especially um, now that I've watched it, like, why not? You know? Yeah. All right.
1: Well, is there anything final you would like to add um, about this?
0: I think that. No, I mean, it's definitely if you haven't read the books but you've watched the show, it's definitely an investment, like i said it's it's uh of time <laughs> yeah it it really is um because they're long books and they're kind of dense as far as like all of the stuff that's packed inside them. so I think that I mean, if you haven't watched the entire series but and you haven't read the series or like if you haven't watched the whole series and you haven't even read the series, I would at least try and watch finish the series like you know, I just feel like. It is, I feel like it's a really fun show in general, but I also love like that little romance and Mm -hmm. I know I'm not like a huge, super like fantasy fan, but I really like it. It's the historical piece. The Mm -hmm. historical piece is what reels me in as a reader, as a viewer. Like, I love the historical drama part of it. Yeah. I always felt like
1: a discovery of which was in the all souls trilogy was like fantasy light like it's not like super extreme fantasy you yeah know? it's not
0: it's not like it's not this crazy magic system that you have to like take a step back and like away from what no. it it's demons and vampires and things that which is people are aware of these mm-hmm. things it's more like there's little nuances and things that are changed and different and specific to the mm-hmm. series but you get what they are and what they do. Mm-hmm. So it's not some new fandangled thing that's really mm-hmm you know, really scientific and hard to follow or whatever.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Um, yeah. I mean, obviously I know that I said some critical things, but I, like I said, it's one of my all-time favorite books. And I feel like if we were to talk about Buffy the Vampire Slayer, I would have a million critical things yeah. to say. And that is my favorite show that has ever been created, despite Joss Whedon's most recent revelations. Right.
0: Um Question. I'm just thinking, um, maybe this is just me. I know it's different because it's fantasy and it has that, the magical element, but would, would you say that, like, if you are a fan of the outlander series, yes, it would be a fan. Yes. Of this series. Yes. Okay. That's what I think. too.
1: I think those are actually great parallels, um, in terms of the level of, well, there's less, um, of the fantasy element in outlander. It's basically just the time travel and then there's right. the stones. That's it. Um, but yeah, I would, but there's that
0: romantic element. There's that history element. Yes. It seems very comparable. Yes.
1: And whenever, so also, um, the echo trilogy echo time fits into that vein. And whenever I ask my readers for comps, um, for comp books, they always say a discovery of witches and outlander. Those are always the two that they say. So I definitely feel like a discovery of witches and outlander fit in. The same. At least they appeal to the same readers.
0: Okay, good to know. That's what I. That's kind of what I was thinking too. So that's why I wanted to double check.
1: Yeah, yeah. A discovery of witches almost is fits better with Outlander than it fits with most like paranormal romance books.
0: And I will just say, I am a big Outlander fan. I'm not like obsessed with it or anything, but I do enjoy it. Even I struggled with the first book because I felt like I was like, oh my God, in there. so big and there's so much going mm-hmm. on. So if you can get through that, I feel like you can do this. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. She also is a big describer.
0: <laughs> yeah. I'm telling you, man, it's the people, it's us people who love history. It's yes. Like, everybody needs to know the information we know.
1: Obviously. Yes. Everything. <laughs> you need to know why I put this in here. I need to give you all the background. There's information. a reason
0: it's in here and I'm going to tell you why five yes. chapters
1: 100% <laughs> been there done that um so yeah thank you for listening everybody um don't forget to check out the show notes for this episode's links and book recommendations and i did not talk about something that i wanted to talk about so i will talk about it next episode because we have gone crazy long um patreon mm. um <laughs> so <clears throat> we will be back in a couple weeks to chat about our next book talk book which i am so excited about it is a book i have not Red, which I feel like neither of us have. Mm-mm. So that's exciting. Um, and I think we're both going to love it um, from everything I've heard about it. It is another one that a lot of my readers love. It is a touch of darkness by Scarlett St. Clair. I'm so excited. It's this right here, this book, this book. I am so excited. I've been so excited about this series for so long that I have already ordered the like super fancy special editions that uh, bookish box has, is doing. <laughs> so like I can't wait to talk about this and read this and I'm really it's a Hades and it's a modern Hades and Persephone fantasy like I think paranormal romance spicy spicy based on the fan art (laughs) super spicy all righty so I'm excited about that exciting um like maybe not like neon God spicy, that's still spicy, spicy. Um, if we're talking about Hades and Persephone retellings. Um, so I'm really excited. It's going to be super fun. Um, if you are enjoying this show, we would love it if you left us a rating and or a review on iTunes or anywhere else uh, that allows ratings or reviews for podcasts. Um, and... Come and join our Facebook group, which is also linked in the show notes. And yeah. I'm just going to keep waving my hands around. Do <laughs> so <it.
0: laughs> until next time, happy reading. Happy reading. Yee.